But you know, you either live in one of two realms this morning. You either live by sight. And I believe 98% of people, including believers, sadly, live in that realm. Where they just take things as they come. They just kind of hope and, and wish and dream. But they don't ever tap into glory. Or either, you either live by sight or you live by faith. Now, faith life is worlds different. When you got saved, you were born into a new world. It's an unseen world. It's a supernatural world. It's called the faith life. But when you got born, when you were born, and I was born on April 22nd, 1960, I was born into a physical world. I measure everything by my senses in this world, hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting. But there's a sixth scent, Martin Lloyd-Jones says, for the believer. And it's faith. It's being able to find out where God's at work and joining Him in it. So I want you to listen to my text. I'm going to lift a few things the Lord's given me fresh out of chapter 11. Then we're going to jump into the story of Noah for a few minutes and, um, and hear what God has to say. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet... Move with fear, awesome, awe of wonder of God. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Can I tell you this? That little word, yet. You ever had a word just leap off the page to your soul? That's called rhema in the Bible. It's a personal truth for you. When I was studying in preparation for this message, it was like that word just kept jumping up. And I got thinking about it. If you were to ask me, Pastor Tom, have you seen God just break out in a revival? thousands got saved and churches were on fire in the whole community, I'd say not yet. i tell you what I wouldn't say. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't believe we're going to make it through that. I mean, these are the last days and they're dark. If you were to say, you know, I, I have a sick child on a bed in a hospital. And you say, and I, I'd say to you, uh, well, what, what, who do you think God can do? i tell you what I'd want you to say. Are, are we doing better? Not yet. Not yet. Or if you were in a, in a crisis moment of your life and you're going through something or you sent your mama to heaven like the, like the, uh, the uh, Barefoot family did this week. Uh, do, you, do you have grace to face that moment? Well, it's coming, but not yet. The Bible says Noah being warned of things by faith Noah being warned. Look at, look at what it says. Being warned of God of things not seen yet. Look here, this thing's not over yet, just for the record. And that word yet just jumped all over me. And I don't know, I will tell you this by faith. This church hasn't yet seen what God wants to do and complete this work. You say, how do you know that? Because I don't hear a trumpet blowing right now. And I haven't lost my gravity yet. I'm not flying through these metal roofs on my way to heaven. And I want you to know something just as sure as you're sitting right here. No matter what you're going through or where you are, it ain't over yet. That's going to be over one day. But for the believer, you either live in the faith realm or you live in the sight realm. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right into this. i got a brand new definition of faith that I found in this text. And I hope it will bless you like it's blessed me. I hope somebody will leave here with great faith. I know you will. Let's pray. Father, in the name of your son Jesus, 
I thank you that you are here. By faith, I know it because you spoke it in your word. You said where two or three are gathered. And Lord, there's more than two or three here this morning. And God, I know that you live in me. And I know you live in the saints. I know we're in you and you're in us. And by faith, I believe, God, you wouldn't have given me this text if you weren't going to change somebody's life this morning, somebody's faith, somebody's family, maybe this church and project the, the projectile move you have planned for us. God, I ask you to do such a work here that it would influence our community, our city, and impact the world with local hands and global fingerprints. Lord, I thank you for our pastor. Lord, please give him the vision for us. And may we with faith embrace it. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been studying faith and the life of faith and discoveries in the life of faith most of my Christian life. And so i got lots of definitions, but let me give them to you real quick. One of the definitions of faith I really like is faith is just simply taking God at his word. That's a simple one. Taking God at His Word. That means if God tells you something, you can believe it, and it's so. In fact, you're all here at least because of one level of faith. That's saving faith. You heard that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day. You heard it in that book right there. And you believed it, and you're saved by grace. If you're not saved today, guess what? You get to get in on that, and everything they sang about the blood will wash your sins away before you leave this room today. And I believe God's going to save somebody today. But not only is that a good definition, listen to this one. Somebody said faith is turning the eternal truth of God, his word, into reality in your life. It's when you get a hold of God and he gives you a truth, he lets you know where he's working and how he's working. And you begin to believe it and then it becomes reality. Most of us have seen this at least once or twice in our life since our salvation. Listen to another one. This is my favorite one. And if you have been here a while and you want to say it with me, you can because you've heard it many a time. Faith is saying that it's so, before it's so, in order for it to be so, because God said it was so. In other words, when God speaks, we believe it to the point we'll go ahead and say it and confess that it's so. I, I wrote this one down too, that sixth sense I gave you a moment ago. I think that's a definition of faith. But there's one more I read this week. You know, I love the, the old translation. I do. I, I love it. I love to memorize out of it. And I love to preach it. I'm going to do it till, I, till they turn my toes up. However, I heard this little definition out of this passage. Did you know if you Google what is a biblical definition of faith, you know what it'll come up? Hebrews 11, 1. And in, this, in our translation, it's good, but it's a little harder to get a hold of. This is what it says. Now faith, Hebrews 11, 1. Right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, I get some of that, but most of y'all, that went whew, right over your head. Let me tell you what one of the other uh, writers translated it like. Here's what he said. Faith is assurance. Instead of substance, he put the word assurance. It's assurance and evidence. Faith, at a given point when God speaks, becomes your assurance. It becomes your evidence. You don't have to wait till it's manifested or fulfilled. Your faith becomes so real, you begin to speak it and believe it and thank God for it long before it ever comes. I could tell you a story about this. Maybe I'll tell you one. There are times when you're praying 
uh, I remember someone telling me the story of praying for a loved one. They'd been praying and praying and praying and asking God to give them truth about it and believe God. And all of a sudden, this full assurance of faith came through the word that their loved one was going to be saved. And so they got up from their praying and they started, instead of praying for their loved one to get saved, after that they didn't pray anymore for the loved one to get saved. They just thanked God every day. Lord, thank you for saving my brother. Thank you for saving. Lord, thank you for saving Ted. Lord, thank you for saving him. And they just would thank him. Because they said God's already spoken. It almost is insulting to him to keep bringing it back when he's already given me faith to believe it. And they started thanking him for it. Somebody said, well, how's your brother doing? Hey, he got saved. He's getting saved. What do you mean he's getting saved? Well, the Lord's already let me know it. You see, what's happened is we believe, we began to say it so before it's so. Because God had said it was so. By the way, would it surprise you to know that within just a matter of weeks... My stepfather, some of you knew him. I don't have time for a lot of stories, Lord. Don't let me get down too many paths of stories. I got too many, but it's only 1042. We're doing really good. He got to praying for his daughter, Barbara. Do y'all remember Barbara? She came to this church some. He started praying for her. She was off in, in, I can tell this now, she's in heaven. She won't mind me telling it, but she was in the state of Washington. She had addictions that were overwhelming, and she couldn't get a hold of them. And her praying daddy went to the mountains with a, gallon of, with a gallon jug and drank out of a little mountain stream, didn't eat a thing for weeks, prayed, fasted, believed God, and the Lord spoke to him out of the scriptures that everything was going to be all right. Gave him peace. He took an old cot and stayed in an old shack. He came back home telling us the Lord is going to save my daughter. He's going to bring her home and everything's going to be all right. He hadn't heard from her in a year or more. And the telephone rang not long after he got home. I, I'm testifying to this. I saw it. She's crying on the other end of the line. He said, honey, come home. God's going to take care of you. So she came home. And the Lord saved her. And I got to see that happen before she died. All I'm telling you is this. You can either live by sight. Listen, if you live by sight, people may die without Christ. That's how serious this is. Not only will you miss out on everything God wants for your life and your family, but other people may miss heaven because of it. God's people are not to live by sight. We're to walk by faith. This Christian life is to be different. Can I show you <clears throat> four things real quick? Just, I just want to mention these because I'm just paying attention to the text. I was noticing in verse 1 it says, Now faith. Look at these verbs. Now faith. Right now. And that wasn't just for when the writer wrote it. That's for right now. He put that in. It could have just said faith is the substance. He didn't say it. He said now faith. Look at verse 2 for by faith, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. I'll touch that in a minute. Now faith, by faith. Look at verse 3. Through faith. Good heavens, Lord. He starts speaking. I'm in, I'm in, I've been in this text all my life. I said, Lord, I'm seeing it now. Now faith, by faith, through faith. Verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And here's my new definition. You ready for this? Now, I'm getting ready to unpack something that just has turned my heart upside down. Watch this. There are four elements. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God. Let me tell you what faith is. Faith is coming to God. This verse, verse 6, diligently seeking God. Here's our problem. We're not coming to God with our issues, with our burdens, with our needs, with our loved ones. We're not coming to God with it. Pastor, in the next few days, and you've already been doing it because you were sharing it with me, you'll be coming to God on behalf of this city and this community and this congregation. And as he comes to God, I want to show you that faith is when you come to God and you're broken and you come seeking him and you're diligent because it's him you're seeking, not just your own will, not just what you want when you want it. Faith is coming to God. 
diligently seeking him. Number two, there's a second thing. Look at what he said. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe. Faith, number two, is believing God. Once you've come to him, and you've diligently sought him, and when God speaks to you, you have a choice. What in the world are you going to do with that? I'll tell you what you better do. You better believe what God says is true. There's a little boy in the meeting this morning with our breakfast with the pastors. His name is Jesse. He's in this room. He told his mama, and she testified to it, that if God tells you to do something, mama, you better do it. You know, that's a great definition of faith. When God speaks to you that he wants to do something, smartest thing you ever do is to do it. But I don't want to. Well, it don't matter what you want. You're bought with a price. You belong to God. Well, I'm scared to do it. Don't you know COVID is still in the air? And, and, and there's a, there's, you know, I can't, listen, just do what God says to do. That's how simple this thing is. Faith is coming to God. It's believing God. Listen to this. It pleases God. Faith's pleasing God. You say, how do you know that? Well, that verse, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Inferring that the thing that pleases God is faith. If you're walking by sight, I'll show you right in the Scripture, you're not pleasing God if you're walking by sight. You say, let me see that. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll show you. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Now the just, Hebrews 10, 38, shall live by faith. But if any man or woman draw back in their faith, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. You want to please God? Let me tell you what pleases God. You come to God in faith. You ask Him for your help. You ask Him to reveal what He wants to do in your life. Don't just tell Him what you want and what you're going to have. Hear from Him what God wants. And then after God speaks, believe Him. Faith's coming to God. It's believing God. It's pleasing God. And you know what happens when you come to Him? And you believe him, you pleased him, it's getting a reward from God. Did you see that in the text? He's a rewarder of them that come to him and believe him. I don't know if you're getting this. I hope you are. This is a different way to live than most of us are living. I'm asking you to shift gears in your life and to sell out for the rest of your life and live by faith and not by sight. This world and everything you got in it and everything you'll ever attain and everything down at the bank and everything at Fort wherever they got the money and the gold bars, it's all going to burn up. Did y'all know that? It's all going to be gone. Getting an eternal perspective means coming to God in faith. Now, by the way, i just got to say this because I know what some folks are thinking. I want God to do what I want Him to do. Here's where we get confused about faith. We think somehow we can, I heard this term from somebody I love, and I love them, but they're dead wrong on it. We can bind God. That's almost blasphemous. Well, we'll take a truth and we'll, we'll bind God in that. No, you won't bind God. You can't bind God. I'll tell you this right now. Sometimes you will hear from God, begin to believe Him, and you'll see it manifested that fast. Sometimes you'll see it right before your eyes. I've seen that happen. <clears throat> God gives you a measure of faith, and you watch it come to pass. Then there's another part of the story. Can I ask you to look at verse 13? After he lists some people, he says, Now not everybody gets to see the manifestation of their faith. Even though God has given them faith for something, they don't get to live to see it. Look at verse 13. These all died in faith. 
Well, pastor, wait a minute. That's not very encouraging. You mean I don't get from God what I ask him? Well, no, you're going to get it. You just won't get it on this side. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. But they saw it. Did you see that? Having seen them, not with the physical eye. How did they see it? They saw it with their soul, the spiritual man. They knew it was true. But they died before it came to pass. You know what I believe happens in glory every time somebody gets saved? I believe there's a sometime an old grandma hanging over the portals, looking down and seeing that the one they prayed for before they were ever born, their grandchildren and great-grandchild just got saved. And I think they're shouting and praising God in heaven because somebody saw something that they prayed for and believed God for before they ever died. And then, now that they're in glory, they're seeing it happen. It doesn't really matter whether I get my way down here or not. Faith... It's not just believing God for what I want Him to do. I had to say that to a dear mother in this service. In a moment of challenge. Yes, we want God to raise them up. But if in the perfect will of God, He takes them on to heaven. Listen to me. It takes more faith in that moment to know that He's still God and He knows what He's doing. Do you believe what I'm telling you or not? I'm not talking about little milk this morning. I'm talking about the meat of the Word of God. If you're a child of God, you're a saint of God. Walking and living in faith is the only way you're going to make it and glorify Him in these days. Now let's jump over here for a minute. Well, let me give you my Lee Ingram quote, and then we're going to jump. In fact, you can be turning to Genesis 6, and I won't be long there. That's my story of Noah this morning. But do you remember what Lee Ingram said? It was about this time of year, Pastor Cameron. He came, drove all the way across the country from Fort Worth, Texas. He had cancer, thought he was going to die. He actually lived on a little bit after this. But he wanted to come across the country and see two or three young men that he was mentoring and pouring into their lives and some of his friends. So he made a trip. Him and his wife got a motel here. We had him preach that Sunday morning. He was weak as water. Some of y'all remember it. He made this statement. I want you to listen to it very carefully. <clears throat> he said... Because he, he would not experience his healing down here. He would get his later. Listen to what he said. He said the resurrection proves that sometimes God doesn't come through till after death. I'm going to say that again. Now God always comes through. Don't be mistaken in that. We can trust God. But sometimes God, the resurrection proves that sometimes God doesn't come through till after death. But how many believe His timing is perfect? Will you say amen to that? Now that's a whole lot harder to live than it is to speak. But when we have faith in God, that's the reality of it. Oh, i just praying through this man by the name of Noah, and I got to thinking about what it would have been like. He must have had skills already. Surely God wouldn't have asked somebody like me to build something. But he must have had some just rocking skills that's all I'm saying he must have been able already had some skills God but I tell you one thing that was true about him as I read about his life he walked with God he had this mature he was a just man the Bible says God said that about him let's look at the story real quick chapter 6 <clears throat> you know the background there was so much wickedness God said in verse 3 I'm not going to strive anymore with man I'm going to destroy. In fact, he said the wickedness is so great in verse 5. I'm going to destroy man from off the earth. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will, I will surely destroy men who I've created. Look at verse 8. 
But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, pastor, that's grace, but where's the faith? Well, we're going to see it. Stay with me. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect. That doesn't mean the way you use the word perfect, but he was mature and a godly man in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Let me tell you what it's going to take for you to be a man or a woman of faith or a student of faith. You're going to have to walk with God. It's just nobody in the Bible, nobody in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 ever had great faith that did not have a relationship and walk with God, listened to God speak and prayed and talked to God. Nobody. This relationship of faith comes with time and with love. And he did, he did so. And then look at verse 13. This is important. And God said unto Noah, then God comes and speaks. Remember what I told you about the word? I'll, tell you, I'll talk about that in just a minute. When God speaks, then Noah responds in faith. And then God saves mankind from that terrible flood. So let me give you my little thoughts real quick and we're done. Number one, faith's object. This is the one everybody gets confused on. We see our faith, the object of our faith becomes the person we're praying for or the job we want or the marriage we want or the life we're looking for. Stop, stop, stop. That can't be the object of your faith. Read the Word of God. You remember what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He must become your object. It can't become about what you want to get from God. It has to become who you want to be with God and the relationship and the love you have for Him. He must be the object. And by the way, He's the author of our faith. He ain't finished mine yet. He's not finished yours yet either. You know when it's going to be all finished? When we slip into glory and we begin to live by faith with Him in the glory and not by sight down here. At that moment, He'll be finished. But the object of our faith is Jesus. If I were to ask you right now, does Jesus know you love Him? When did you tell Him that last? When have you been spending time with Him this week? Has He got shoved back while you got busy on a project? Did you let somehow work become more important than him? Is your wife or husband become more important? By the way, you'll be a terrible husband if you put her before God. Your youngins, your family, oh, pastor, my kids are my life. Wrong answer. God's supposed to be your life. And then you can love them the way he wants you to love them and bring them to Calvary and to heaven one day. The object of our faith is Jesus. Number two, I see in Hebrews or in Genesis chapter 6, faith observed. Right here we see it observed. Don't you love to see someone that lives a life of faith? There are so few today. But here in the scriptures we find them. Noah's just minding his own business. And God comes to him one day. He's a godly man, a just man, walking with God. And he says, by the way, Noah, i got something to tell you. I'm getting ready to destroy the earth. And everybody in it is going to be given an opportunity, but ain't none of them going to get in that ark. What's an ark, God? It's going to rain. What's rain? It's going to flood. Flood? Would you explain a flood to me, God? And I'm going to have you build it. And it's going to take you 100 years to build it. Well, 100 years? But I only got enough faith for right now. No, you're going to have to have faith 100 years. You're going to have to keep on nailing and keep on slinging that slime on the inside and that pitch and all the rest of it. And you're going to have to keep doing that for 100 years. And while you're doing it, you're going to have to preach to the generation when they come by and laugh at you. It takes a lot of faith to believe God now. It takes a lot of faith to keep on believing Him even when the diagnosis keeps coming and it's not what you want to hear. 
Even when you don't get well and you don't pop back to being 20 again and feeling all that energy in your body. I'm just talking about faith here is observed in Genesis 6. I only have time to give you the top of this next truth. Faith obtained. What? How do you obtain? This is where the rubber meets the road. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. How can I become a man, a woman of great faith? Now look at me. Some of you think you are, but I would ask you to look at your life right now and tell me what you're believing God for, that if he don't come through, you're sunk. And then you'll realize you ain't got much faith like you think you have. What are you stepping out in right now? What are you believing God for? That if he don't come through, you are sunk. Christians are supposed to live out on the limb, trusting God and believing God and laying hold of God. And I'll tell you in a simple phrase what it takes for a man or a woman to be a man or woman of faith. I've already told you, walking with Him. But then I'm going to tell you, listen how you obtain faith. Look at your Bibles. And God said unto Noah, verse 13, And God said unto Noah, Look at chapter 7 of verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, I'm telling you, the answer on how you can obtain faith is listen to God's word. Do you remember what the second verse said in Hebrews 11? Verse 2, by faith the elders obtained a good report. You've got to hear from God. You can't have faith just because you want to have faith. You've got to have faith in what God said in His Word. And if you're not spending time in His Word, you're not hearing from God. And if you're not hearing from God, you don't have faith. Finish this verse with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... When the Word of God is quickened to your soul and you take God at His Word the way you did when you took the Gospel, and you begin to thank Him for it, and you begin to receive it, it becomes your assurance and evidence. The only way we've ever been able to walk by faith is for God to speak to us the way He spoke to Noah. You know how Noah could believe God? He heard God's voice. When you hear God's voice, you say, well, I haven't heard Him on. Well, get along with Him and say, God, I'm not going to turn you loose. I'm coming to God diligently and I'm seeking you. And I want you to speak on this matter. I I have to make a decision. God, you're moving me in this way. Or they've told me this. I must hear from you, God. Don't just depend on what you hear from this pulpit either. It's important. When you're out there tomorrow, get your Bible. Take it with you. Lord, I must hear from you. Noah heard from God. And when he heard God's voice... I can tell you, it done him so good, he can make it a hundred years. He believed God for a hundred years. And guess what happened? He got his wife in the ark. He got his children in the ark. He even got his in-laws in the ark. Are you listening to me? God would take his family and replenish. You're some of those descendants. You know what scares me is there's some people letting this truth go in one ear and out the other. I feel sure of it. And they'll walk out that door just the same. And then they'll come one day and say, I don't know why my kids are going the way of the world. They don't want nothing to do with God or the things of God. Well, it's time now for you to walk by faith so that they'll walk in your little shoes. They'll, remember how your kids slip your shoes on sometimes, your big old shoes, and walk along behind you? Well, let them be shoes of faith. Let me close. Faith obtained. Closing. I just want to look at the story. Let's look at faith's outcome. Well, what happened here? 
What happens when a man or a woman believes God? By the way, this sets you apart. You want to be a leader in your school, students? You want to be a leader in your family? You want to be a leader in your community? Here's a way to do it. So few people walk in faith, you start walking in faith. Everybody wants you praying for them. Everybody wants to pray with you. What's the, what's the outcome? Well, I'll tell you what the outcome is. In this story, we see God's justice. Man, the world was in a mess. He couldn't stand back and let that sin go on without justice, without judgment. We see God's judgment when a whole generation of people died that day. When the floods came, they drowned. But they didn't do it because God didn't want to save them. He provided an ark. They wouldn't get in it. I may be talking to somebody this morning. You think you're saved. Your name's on a church roll, maybe on this one. But you have no assurance of your salvation. Your life don't look like a believer. You don't love the word. You're not following Jesus. Can I tell you something? Maybe you just need to come and get in this ark. Maybe you need to come to Christ. But we see God's mercy and we see God's justice and we see God's grace and we see God's power. But you know what I see in this story? God came through. He spoke and said he would. A man believed it. And God came through. It might not have been the way some of them wanted him to do it, but God came through, and he will for you. My favorite part is the illustration in the text. Imagine a world, and you can easily imagine it because it's the one you're living in, that is so vile and wicked that a holy God looks down from heaven. I'm embarrassed for our God to look down on this earth. I'm embarrassed at what's going on in our political realm and in, in the world. I, I'm embarrassed. But a holy God sees all of that, and His righteousness demands something must be done. That's what, that's what was happening then. But God sent His Son Jesus to go to an old rugged cross to provide a door so that any old sinner could come with repentance and faith and step inside of that ark. Jesus is the ark in the text. And the door can be shut behind you and you shut in there and sealed in Jesus. And you know no matter what storms come and how many floods come, I'm saved by the grace of God and I'm going to make it through. Everything's going to be all right. I'm talking about faith here. I don't doubt there's somebody here this morning, if your pride wasn't engaged, you'd run down this aisle. But I'm asking you, to not leave this building. Either come forward or stay around with us until you know for sure that you're in the ark. That you've repented of your sin and given your heart to Jesus Christ by faith. Our heads are bowed just for a moment. Would you say, Lord, forgive me for walking by sight too much? Lord, forgive me. Would you ask him that? Will you humble yourself enough to say, Lord, forgive me? For walking by sight. And will you say this to him God. I want to walk. In faith with you. The rest of my life. I want to walk in faith with you. The rest of my life. Pastor Cameron. Through the years. I'd like to tell you. I've been a great man of faith. But there have been many a time. That I've, I've been in the coal car. On the train. Sitting in the back of it while some saint in this church had greater faith and they were the engine pulling me around. And every time though I've ever walked in faith and could come and stood before this congregation on any matter, 
they get behind me in faith and we've moved forward. And I believe they'll do exactly the same for you. I have to believe that. I believe they'll do the same thing. The staff will do the same thing. The deacons will do the same thing. We need you speak what God says. Lead us. Hear God and lead us, brother. Father, oh God, we're in a mess. And Lord, we need you. We need to hear you speak. Lord, may your word become more precious to us, more essential to us. And may some who are in their battle for their lives right now may they run to you through your word and God you've always been faithful to speak to your people and you said faith would come by hearing the word of God we are going to take you at your word on that and we choose to believe you in faith we're going to walk in faith for our children that will be here Lord tonight by the hundreds and our grandchildren we're going to trust you God with these students Lord I'm asking you to in faith call some of them to give their lives to follow you and serve you and be spent for thee. Lord, I don't know what all you have for us. I know you're going to speak to your servant and I intend to follow him, Lord. But Lord, for me and for the vision, for the future, my future, my family, Lord, speak and we will walk with you in faith. I'm coming to you, Lord. I'm believing you. I'm going to please you. And I believe the reward's coming. 